Hey, welcome to Podcast 9. Uh, Gabriel and I are back, and uh, we're going to go and do a short podcast today about the uh, events that have transpired over the last week with Iran and how it will affect the United States and our military and the rest of the world and how um, we might go about uh, the future with the Middle East. So uh, anything you got that you want to talk about, Gabriel, dealing with the subject? No, that's fine. I mean, let's just talk and uh, let the conversation take us wherever it takes us. Basically uh, what we do week in and week out. Well, do you, uh, do you have any problems with what's... I mean, do you have... How can I put this? Do you have any problems with what's going on in the, the last week uh, as an American? Well, of course, I'm concerned. I mean, I, I have always, as you and I have talked before, I mean, I don't like war. I don't think anybody does. Um, you know, you see uh, young soldiers going and they don't come back and, and they're and, you know, 25, 26 years of age and, uh, and then they leave a wife or a kid, a young kid or, or, or two kids behind. It's, it's sad. So, you know, for me, even when I was young, and of course I'm getting older now, war to me has always been something that I think that needs to be a last resort. Um, 9-11, as I talk to people, I agreed with going and finding bin Laden and taking him down because you, you come in to American soil, you um, go into the towers and kill 4,000 plus Americans you need to, we need to take him, we need, we, you know, he needs to die. Uh, that's a last resort to me. But uh, in this situation, and I'm still kind of studying a lot of what's going on, um, you know, when we go down there and take somebody out in the Middle East, um, whatever the case may be, if they say, you know, this is what he's doing, he's going to attack, um, you take him out, somebody else is coming on. I, I, don't, I don't feel like it was a necessity to take him out. I, I don't think that of course, I'm still, you know, researching a lot, but from what I've heard, um, I don't think we needed to do that. And then once we did, I mean, I think the world is better off. He wasn't a good guy, right? But um, the consequences of what can occur uh, when we do something like that and sending our soldiers out there is what's scary to me because I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, you know, want Americans uh, to die. So I didn't agree with taking them out. Uh, people told me, you don't think it's a better, we're, we're in a better place? Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're in a better place, but he's a bad guy and he's gone. But consequences could have been worse. Now, they struck us, you know, they, they struck back. Uh, and no casualties, American casualties that we know of, right? Uh, but we don't know if this ends. So will, will this be the end of it or will we continue? I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I'm very scared, you know, that we could still go to war. I mean, you know. Um. I think the problem that I had was that I saw so many different things on social media where people were talking about World War III and all these other things. And um, growing up having a father who served in World War II and uh, with what we now call PTSD, that's what he had when he came back. But in the 40s, uh, besides calling it shell shock, most men were supposed to suck it up and be a man and go get a job and raise your family and just deal with the torture that you went through, the different things that you saw, the different things that you had to do. And I, you know, growing up with a, a dad like that, I never saw him brag about his service. And when I tell him, you know, when you look up to your dad as your hero, you're thinking, man, he's a war hero and all this other stuff. And he never said anything like that. Um, but, you know, he, he always said, the people that are out there celebrating themselves, 
and talking about how war is, you know, not that bad of a deal and let's go to war and shaking the, their sabers and stuff. Uh, he said most of those people have never experienced war because he said even in combat, even in battle, when you kill the enemy, although you hate that that person, you you know you despise that person. And for him, that'd be a Japanese soldier. And you know, I, I learned early on not to ask that one question: Did you ever kill anybody, or how did you kill them and stuff? Because my dad was not proud of that. He understood how much he hated the Japanese because of Pearl Harbor and what they did to you know POWs that they would find, and it, it, you know horrible stories that. I only heard if my dad had a couple beers in him. He never really liked to talk about this stuff. Um, but he was always uh, he was always aware, making me aware especially. But he was always aware, of, even till the day he passed away, how horrific war is, and that people that uh, you know almost have like a, a pep rally about it, like let's go to war, let's kick ass and stuff. They, they have no idea what they're talking about. When you have these body bags coming back with these young men that had lives and they had dreams and they had hopes and they had you know aspirations and some of them had wives and children that they're never going to see again, they get to go to a headstone somewhere and they get to say, hey, you know that was my dad and stuff, but they never get to go to a baseball game or they never get to have a birthday party. My dad understood that. And if you talk to people that usually go through that kind of hell, They'll sit there and say the last thing you should probably do, unless you're attacked, is just look for war. You know, you you don't go out and just look for a fight. So what happened with the the killing of this military individual from Iran? Um, anybody who's questioned it, um, people have called them out as that they're not patriotic, uh, that they like that they like terrorists more than Americans and stuff. And I really just as an American, I'm just like, I'm flabbergasted that we've come to the, that area in life that if you question something, you're un-American. That's, that's, that's what we're all about. We don't live in a dictatorship. We don't live in a, a totalitarian state where somebody's able to tell you, this is the only thing that's good, and this is what you have to believe. So when we killed this guy, just like anybody else, I was wondering, you know, what happened? He was an Iranian. He was a general. He's considered the second most powerful person in Iran, which is pretty high up there. He's landing at a base in Baghdad. He's in a convoy, and then we send drones over and basically silently assassinate him, just kill him while he's driving along. And we killed four other very high-ranking members of the Iranian government and military. And um, we're at that stage now where I, I don't know what you would call the people. I don't know if you could call them blood-hungry or immature, but as soon as they heard that this thing happened, instead of saying, what happened? Who was this guy? What did he do? Why did we kill him? I heard a lot of people doing, yeah, kick their ass, you know, kill this mother effer and stuff. And I'm all like, we don't even know what's going on. So we have already got preconceived notions that anybody from certain countries are automatically bad people. They're just bad people, so just kill them. Um, as a teacher, over years and years and years after 9-11, I would hear people say, students, and I would correct them really, really quick. Uh, just bomb the whole place, just nuke them, just kill them all. And I would sit there and say, number one, it's not a video game, life is not a video game. And number two, you're willing to kill innocent women and children that have nothing to do with you. They're just regular people. If you hate the government, hate the government. If you hate their military, hate their military. But you cannot say every single living person 
in another country should be vaporized because everybody's the same. Because guess what? When you see a white American do something for the KKK, or you see somebody with the MS-13 do something for Hispanics, or you see you know somebody that's African American do something, does that mean all Americans or all of that ethnicity should be wiped away? Because if you're in another country and you look at America and say, hey, MS-13 is a Hispanic gang, and look how violent they are, all Hispanics in America should be killed. We should drop a bomb and kill them all because they're bad people. That's just ignorant. That's just stupid. You can't sit there and do things like that. But what we do is we have so much anger and hate and we've kicked so much ass for so long. And if you remember the movie, I think it's Platoon, where he says, we're going to lose this war. And I was a young teenager when that movie came out. I thought it was a phenomenal movie. But he says, come on, we can't lose a war. And he's all, well, I figured it this way. We've been kicking ass for 200 years. Maybe it's time for us to get our ass kicked. And I took that as a 15 or 16-year-old kid doing, and I looked at Vietnam in a different way. You know, I, I, I talked to Vietnam veterans, and even my own dad said, you know, we never fought that war to win it. We fought it politically, and we never wanted to do what was right. So, you know, some people call it a tie. And I don't, I don't know what a tie is when it comes to war. I know that there's 58,000 dead American soldiers. Uh, and then it's on the black marble wall up in Washington, D.C. And you can go by and look at it. And you'll see people almost every single day crying there because they'll see a name of a buddy that they knew or a high school student that they went to school with that was drafted and they went off to Southeast Asia. So for people to uh, be so gung-ho about war, for those of us like Gabriel and I that have lived a little bit longer that are like, hey, pull back on the reins a little bit, chill out, do we really want to do this again? You know, in 1991, we went over in the Persian Gulf because Kuwait had been invaded by Iraq. Nothing to do with America. Nothing to do. And I'm not saying it was right or wrong. I'm just trying to tell you facts. That's what I like to do. Fact. Not fact. 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 And uh, we went over there, we kicked ass, and uh, we knocked Saddam back into Iraq, and we let Kuwait, you know, be free, and, uh, you know, lost some men here and there and stuff. It wasn't as bad as some people thought it could be. And then you skip to 2003 when we were in Afghanistan and Iraq and you know, we're still there. It's the longest war in American history, believe it or not. And you know, we've lost thousands of men and stuff. And people are like, yeah, but 9-11, well, Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. There's no reason that we should have invaded Iraq. They were a sovereign nation. And anytime that America gets in that let's kick people's ass mode, it's easy. We have the biggest, baddest military in the world. We spend more than the next 10 countries combined. These are all facts. If you list the next 10 countries, uh, large countries, China, Russia, Germany, France, the UK, Australia, I mean India, you name all the large countries, you can add up all 10 of the next ones, and they still don't spend as much as we spend on our own. So anytime that Trump or Obama or Bush or Clinton say that our military is getting weaker and that they need to build it up stronger, it is the biggest kick-ass thing in the world. Russia, which is a national, uh, international power, Gabriel, do you know how many uh, uh, aircraft carriers they have? I don't. One. Wow. We got a freaking rusting one up here in Corpus Christi Bay mm -hmm. as a museum. Mm -hmm. The Russians have a single aircraft carrier. Mm. We have, I don't know how many, dozens maybe. I, I'm going to guess maybe 10, 12. I'm going to do this for you guys. We're going live. I'm going to ask this. How many aircraft carriers does the United States have? 
We've got 19. My bad. Russia has wow. one. And we're always afraid of Russia. We have 19. That's where our money goes. So nobody's going to kick our ass. So when we talk about fighting Iran, I looked up a couple quick things. Their entire army and 250,000 of the 350,000 that are in their army are conscripts, which means that they are drafted. So they have to go. Right. So they have 300, basically 350,000 in their entire we, That's how many Marines we have. Never mind the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force. In the Navy, they have 18,000 people. And in their Air Force, they have 30,000 people. In their Air Force, they have 740 aircraft. We have more aircraft in our National Guard and military probably in Texas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma than all of Iran. When you go to their Navy, they have three, three submarines. That's it. Three submarines. Let me ask the question. How many submarines does the U.S. military have? Um, it says on here that we have 18, we have, we, there's only 500 um, submarines in the world. We have 18 uh, of a certain class that can stay under the water for six to eight months without ever having to surface. And then we have another 14 of another class that can stay down a little bit uh, shorter time. And they all have uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles, which are nuclear warheads that they can shoot. So there, there's, there's nobody that can compete with us on, in any way. The only thing that I could ever see us competing with is in nuclear warfare, which that's not gonna happen. And you've got China, and they've got 1.6 billion people. So other than China, having a, a, a machine of people running towards us and we're having to mow them down with machine guns like in the old days, like in World War I. Uh, who, there, there's nobody to kick our ass. So Iran killing the guy and then coming out saying, well, what was the excuse that they used? He was an they imminent go? threat. That, that he was an imminent threat and he might do other things to Americans. If they had... I tried to look up different things about what he's done to Americans in the past, and I couldn't find a whole lot about what he had ever done to America. Uh, they tried to tie in the different things that he was part of the Cuds and uh, another Imperial Army or something. It just seems really sketchy that they had killed this guy in another country because the intel was, well, he might be planning something. He was not a terrorist per se, like Osama bin Laden. But that's not, he was the head of the military. Well, let's not forget too that just a couple of days ago, there was a, uh, they had to brief behind closed doors, right? Uh, to try to uh, let uh, Congress know, I believe, what, what really happened. There was some people that came out on both Democrat and Republican parties. And man, they, you know, people, they came out and said, you know, that's just what we heard there is just a bunch of crap. It, it don't even make sense as to why we would do that. And that's, that's and, and we thought that before the briefing. So, you know, again, you know, when you get into the military, I always tell people, when you go into the military, and I've never been in the military, right, but I know a lot of people went to school with there in the military, so I've always respected the men and women of the military. But when you go to the military, I guess you always know there is a chance that you could go to war. You don't want to, but there's always that chance. But, you know, the commander-in-chief, you, you want to make sure that that's the last resort. I mean, and, and I just don't see that this was a man that had to be, I don't, I don't know, I'm, st I'm still studying, I'm still, you know, listening to what really happened, but everything that's pointed out to me, 
tells me we didn't have to kill this man. I mean, there's, all, there's been a lot of other, there's still people out there that want to do harm to America. Are we going to kill everybody? I mean, you know, you take this chance of doing something like that and starting a war that potentially could kill Americans. And to me, if one soldier dies, that's a lot, much less, you know, two, three, four thousand, whatever the count may be. If one dies and doesn't come home. Well, Joseph Stalin, uh, the, the evil, probably the most evil person that ever walked the earth. And if you're saying, oh, no, no, it's Adolf Hitler and stuff, you need to look at your history because we've learned certain things that Stalin did where he, if you want to talk about killing, he killed 25 million of his own people before you even talk about others. Um, but Joseph Stalin once said, one death is a tragedy. Absolutely. A million is a statistic. Because the human mind, which is the greatest computer ever invented, it can do so many things. It can bring you back to a certain song, a certain image if you close your eyes, a certain smell. The brain can do so many things, but it can't, uh, it can't imagine a million bodies. Right. You can't do it. It just doesn't do it. So it's so magnificent in certain areas, but maybe it's God that developed this ability for us to not be able to be able to see that type of horror unless we see it with our eyes. So if we just imagine, if you tell somebody, you know, a million people died, you're like, wow, that sounds like a lot. But inside you're like, I have no freaking idea what, how many right. bodies. But you see a single body in a casket and it's somebody that you knew, it's heartbreaking because mm -hmm. it, it brings it home. So when you have a million people, it's just, it's, it's just statistic. You know, you just sit there and you're just like, yeah, that's a lot. Well, I mean, you know, when they bring them back and you see the families and you see them, you know, bringing the body back, you know, I mean, I have tears in my eyes without even knowing uh, that person. I mean, this is the greatest country to me. I love this country. Uh, I think we're the best country, in my opinion, in the world, right? But there's, and I think as we've gotten older, you know, we start to realize, you know, we can do more. We, we don't need to just go out there and kill, even though we have the strongest military or the baddest military, whatever you want to say. We, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, right. It, and it, to defend right. Our, our friends right. if need right. be, right. but not to get into the street and start a street fight. With because people. we can. Because, because that just can. brings us down a peg. And, and, we, we should be better. And you know, the other thing that bothers me about, about what happens is when we come back out and what I hear on TV or what I hear on the radio, you know, um, it's almost like little kids. Yeah. You know, my, 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 the commander in chief that I vision that I want is somebody that can lead, that you know I can be proud of. I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want a commander in chief that can just throw blows back and forth. I mean, we could do that on the streets here. You know what I'm saying? But we get to a point where I want somebody up there that's going to lead us, um, and and protect us. You know, when I turn on the TV, I don't want to hear, and if you do this, and, 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 and you know, like if it's a little, like if we're going to fight, like if it's going to be, like if it's two junior high kids fighting after school, I, we don't need to see that. And I, and I think that's a bad image for the younger children to see as well. If if we go to war and, and you know, and we, and we have to go and send our troops down there, it's a last resort, and we do it. We do what we have to do, but we're never going to be proud of doing it. You know what I'm saying? We should never be proud. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say. We should never be proud. A life, one life matters. Um, and and that's so how, that's how I feel. I try right. to explain to my students about um, when they talk about that they want to join the military. I'm all, hey, that's a very honorable thing and stuff. But I, I get, you know, 
shocked sometimes when I hear the kids say, yeah, because I'm really good at Call of Duty. And I just sit there and I'm all like, you need to come back to reality because uh, last time I checked, that's a video game and you can reset and you can restart or you can go get a bathroom break. And some of the, some kids uh, between maybe what they've seen on TV or maybe they had an uncle or a cousin that served and stuff and, and they come back and they're strutting and stuff and they're like, man, that's who I'm going to be. I'm going to get a uniform. I think that's what Ma, I think, yeah. And I'm all like, that's fine and all, but don't ever fall into the idea that you're, you couldn't still face the worst case. And some of the kids will say, I'm ready for that. Of course they're going to say that. They're 18, they're going to live forever. And then what happens is they get into the shit and they see their friends die and they see the enemy. Maybe it's a child that's carrying a bomb and they have to shoot them. That's going to mess you up for life. Not We're not true. talking about like it's a painkiller that you take to get over it. That's going to stay with you for life. Well, I, I, think, I think I think if, if, if you've never been to war, right, and like we've seen a lot of, and you hear and you see the military men that do go out and fight and have to come back, you see the struggle that they have. It, it cannot be, it's not as normal for, say, you and I, they can, they can, we can go to the store, we can go to a restaurant, and you can actually see, and we don't know if somebody's, you know, been at war, but you can see there's a problem going on with somebody, or you hear the story that there was a military who's struggling to come back to normalcy here because of what they've seen and what they've been through. That alone would want to tell you, God, you're never going to be the same. Even if you come back to your family and you come back, the, the, the holding down a job like you and I do, that we go to work and we come back and we enjoy our family, they possibly came back through the grace of God, right? But, but, but they don't, they're not the same, a lot of them. And that alone, Eric, if you see that, just because of that, forget not coming back. We say, man, you know, war's got to be the last the last thing well, and I, so I, I, I just i know sometimes you have to but to me i've always said even when i was a younger kid in high school it's got to be the last resort and i think the only time i can remember that i was really upset that i wanted to go down there with somebody is 9 11. i mean that that was that was terrible to a lot of people and when I, because i'd never seen that and i didn't think that was even possible but when i went over and over and saw the planes and, and the people dying and jumping out of the buildings and all this other stuff that happened that's the first time in my life that i said you know what let's go get this sob and let's get him and it's not going to be about putting him in jail let's take him and that's the first time i felt like that but it was civilians american civilians that died and so i've always said when you when when you're when your soldiers go to war right you want them to come back but if you, if you go and you pat and, and they don't make it back guy that's awful right but we go to the military that was part of the job when you when you went in, right? But the civilians, the four or five thousand, whatever, that 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 died nine eleven, that were just going to work like you and I get up and go to work and, and this guy comes in here and sets this plan up and attacks all these Americans. That was the first time that I felt like let's go get this SOB. We need to get him. Outside of that, you know, when we're gonna go to war, you know, I wanna see it. Like I said, it, to me it's gotta be the last resort. And and I'm not I'm not one of these guys that says we're never gonna go to war. Let me make that clear. I'm not saying we're never going to go to war. I understand in today's world, it's always a possibility. But I want that commander-in-chief to make sure that it's the last resort because we want to save these American lives as much as possible and only go in if we have to. If that's the last one, we've tried everything and we can't or 9-11 happens, we're going after it. But in this situation, 
with this Iranian that, that, that the general that got killed, I just, to this point, don't see why we had to take him out. Again, as time tells, we'll see what's happening. But everything that I've heard so far or that I've read does not let, let me to believe to this point that killing him was the right thing to do. Um, and it could have also caused us to go to bigger war, right? I mean, we're not there yet, and, and I don't know that we'll get there, but it could have, that, that decision to go out and kill them could have caused us to go back. And, I mean, we're already sending more troops up there, so we're getting back in, we're not coming back out. See, that, so. that, that's the thing, I was bringing up, you know, the first Gulf War in 91, then we went back in 03, and we're still there, and, you know, people have come and gone, and I've had ex-students that did tours, you know, three different tours, and they came back, and they're they're significantly different, and uh, like I talk about my dad coming back from World War II, you know, and, and uh, uh, a piece of him died in New Guinea. Uh, he came back physically, he was standing at home, but a part of him, that young, that young man that went over there, uh, it, 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 you know, it, it died. Uh, he, his innocence was lost completely, and he was, he was never the same person after he came back. Now, I wasn't alive back then, but talking to his brothers and talking to even my older siblings that knew him, you know, when they were younger, way before I was ever born, they said, you know, Dad, you know, he mellowed over time. He got, you know, until he passed away at the age of 82. But, you know, when he was younger, he still had nightmares every single night, and he was be very angry and on edge, and, and it's, just, it's just, you know, what happens. It, it, and, and to send troops over there politically um, anywhere, anytime, Vietnam, Korea, doesn't matter where it is, um, without the idea of what's going to happen. Even Dwight Eisenhower, you know, he was the Supreme Allied Commander in World War II, said the last thing we really need to do is send troops somewhere unless it's really, really needed due to the fact that nobody escapes war um, unscathed, meaning as in there's going to be something. There's damage. There's, there's going to be... There's lifetime yeah, damage. damage. Lifetime damage, absolutely. One, one thing that I wanted to talk about real quick is I've seen a lot of people talking about, uh, and this is a fact, and I want those of you listening... If you want to comment on this, you can, but I'm telling you, there's a thing called facts, and you have to go by facts in this life, because if you don't, then you go by misleading and, and false statements, and that, that just causes turmoil. Um, there was memes that have been put out on Facebook, there's been things on Twitter uh, about that President Obama had given $150 billion to the Iranians, and that they used that to... Uh, build bombs, etc. All right, here's the deal. The fact is in 1978 and 1979, the Shah of Iran, the Shah means king in Persian, uh, he had led uh, Iran since the 50s. He had been their leader. Now, we overthrew their old leader with the CIA. That's a fact. And we thought the Shah would help us out with the oil fields. So we put him in power. And he took over and he led the country for about 25 years, but he was kind of like a dictator. The Iranian people didn't really like him very much. Now, at that point in time, um, there was a growing religious movement in Iran with a guy named the Ayatollah Khomeini. And he was talking to all these young college students about how they needed to get back closer to Islam instead of this more modern thing. Women at that time were able to drive and have jobs and wear makeup and have their hair however they wanted. And he was trying to get the to a different form of Islam. And he got enough people to believe in him. So what happened was they stormed our embassy over there. 
and they took it over in 1979, and uh, they held our guys captive for well over a year. And during that time, all the money that Iranians had in U.S. banks, we froze. So there was no computers really back then, not like how we know now. But the money in different banks in New York and in Boston, Philadelphia, wherever it was in the United States, all that money was frozen. And we said, we're not going to give it back. We don't like how things are turning out in, in Iran. So Iran eventually overthrew. The Shah came to America in 78 or 79 because he was dying of cancer. And so he came over here. But we found out years later he was also running away from Iran because he saw the Ayatollah gaining power. By gaining that power, he knew he might be overthrown by these young people, these young radical people. And so he ditched his own country, came over here for treatment. He did die from cancer that year. I believe it was 78 or 79 that he died from cancer. And the people overthrew. They had a revolution over there, and they took our embassy. They held our guys, and it, it really pissed off Americans. And I remember the Super Bowl, uh, the, the Raiders versus the Eagles. The players wore a yellow sticker on the back of their helmet. This is a little bit of trivia, but like I said, I give you facts. I was just a kid. I was 9 or 10, and I thought that was amazing that they were doing that because what they were doing is there was a very famous song from the 1970s called uh, Tie a Yellow Ribbon Around an Old Oak Tree by uh, Tony Orlando and Don. And that became the, the theme because we wanted our men back. We wanted our soldiers and our men back from that embassy. And what basically the song is about is tying a yellow ribbon around a tree outside, and it will stay there until you come back. And it was written about somebody who had gone to jail. That's what the song was about. Somebody went to jail, and he says, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, and when I get out, uh, it'll, if it's out there, that means you still love me. But we turned it into a very patriotic thing and said, every, you know, all these people are going to tie these yellow ribbons around. So the NFL said, hey, put these stickers on the back of your helmet. So I remember Ron Jaworski trying to throw touchdown passes to Harold Carmichael, and I remember Rod Martin picking off three passes of Ron Jaworski and setting an NFL record, three interceptions in a game. And, um, you know, it was a really good game. But I remember specifically that little yellow uh, sticker that they put on the back of their helmets so that they said, we're playing – the Super Bowl, but we're remembering our troops, uh, our troops, and our, our men that are still held captive. They were finally released, and that money sat frozen. And now, then we turned into the you know 1980, uh, 1981, around that time. Uh, President Reagan came in, the money stayed frozen. 1990 came, money stayed frozen. 2000, money stayed frozen. Then finally, around uh, I want to say it's like 2013, President Obama was in office. And him and France and England and Germany and Russia, all these countries got together and they talked to the Iranians because the Iranians kept on saying they wanted to have nuclear power. Now, there's two different forms that you can do this in. You can have a nuclear power plant uh, produce electricity for thousands and thousands of homes, and it's cheap. It can be deadly, but it's cheap, and it produces a lot of energy very fast. Or you could use nuclear energy to go ahead and enrich uranium and build what's known as a nuclear bomb. Well, the whole world was afraid of this. They're saying Iran's a bad place. Look what they did. You know, they overthrew their 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 you know Shah. They blah blah blah. Everything that's gone on. And so Obama and Joe Biden and Trudeau and all these other people, you know, uh, from around the world, they all met and they talked to the Iranians and they said, "Look, here's the deal. This is what we'll do. If you promise that." the nuclear energy that you're trying to get will only be used for good purposes for electricity and different things like that that there will be no enriching of uranium to go ahead and make a bomb we will unfreeze your money that has been sitting in u.s banks since 1979 
will return that to you to help you build your country back up. So it was kind of like a peace offering of like, we'll finally give you back all this money, but you have to make sure that A, we get to have people on the ground anywhere we want in Iran to check any area to see if there's anything illegal going on. The moment that it's illegal, all bets are off and you're going to become a terroristic state again and we're not going to help you at all. And the Iranian people signed the paper and the people around the world from different Absolutely. countries signed the paper and it was known as the Iranian, uh, I forgot the name off the top of my head, but it was like a nuclear deal. And basically it said that it would not be used to make enriched uranium to make weapons, it would only be used for peaceful things like to generate electricity. Now we have Three Mile Island up in New York and we have one here near, near Houston and stuff, so we have nuclear uh, power plants. There, you know, many, many countries do, but we weren't allowing them to have it because we thought they would use it in the bad way instead of the good way. And they said, we swear to God, you know, whatever, we'll go ahead and use it just for good. And we said, we have to have advisors on the ground 24 seven. And at any time they can search any place that you're doing anything with nuclear Absolutely. energy. And they said, okay, that's fine. So we unfroze the money and we flew it back over there. Since that time, people have now tried to take the facts that I just gave you and spin it as though we gave American money. This is the thing that pisses me off. They're not even trying to hide their lies. They're just, just bullshitting. And they're sitting there saying, we took American money and Obama gave American money, our hard-earned tax dollars, and gave it to the Iranians so that they could build bombs. Complete falsehood, complete lie. But you know what? When you want to play dirty, they get in the mud with the pigs and roll around. And they're playing dirty now. And the thing is, it's not that it was a perfect situation. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to prevent Iran from going further and further on their own if they wanted to, to build a nuclear weapon by making sure we had people there that could go ahead. And there, it was an international thing. It wasn't just U.S. inspectors. There's going to be inspectors from many different countries that would be all over the country that could go to any location at any time without any interference. The moment that there's interference, it would be reported back to Washington or Paris or London or Berlin, and the shit would hit the fan. And the Iranians knew that. And it seemed to be working. 2013, 2014, and then all of a sudden, uh, we believe that they're going to be doing something illegal. And uh, the, the guy's killed. And uh, now we're stuck where we are at on a Thursday. Uh, what's today's day? The 9th? The 10th. The 9th. 9th. Ninth. Ninth. And we're wondering, are we going to send more troops? Are we going to bomb Iran? And the whole thing is, we didn't have to be where we're at. Unless President Trump and, and the, the people that work for him, if they really did have solid information that Soleimani, I believe his name was, was going to try to set up something. Uh, well, we haven't heard anything yet. But they haven't that, said that what? They just said an imminent threat and we're not going to really discuss to this, what it looks like. Let's just be that's what, as an American, concerns me because I'm not saying you have to give me the exact logistics, the exact area. You just... Let us know what you might have found out in a roundabout way to make us feel better that his taking out will not cause more uh, damage in the area to where we're going to have to send more troops to protect Israel or to protect our bases in Baghdad. You know, uh, they talked about the attack on the Baghdad embassy. And, you know, when I heard that, I was like, holy crap, they attacked our embassy. But then when you find out what actually happened was they attacked like the entrance booth. They didn't, they didn't scale the walls. They didn't go inside. They didn't torch anything. Nobody was injured. But Americans were like kind of, I don't want to say lied to, but the people that were telling the story were stirring the pot to really piss us off. And as any red-blooded American, we're going to get pissed. 
And then when you actually look at the information a little bit, you're like, we're kind of being led down a road of not fully factual information. There was nobody injured and they did minor damage to the outside of it. Now, it's not right that they did that at all. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if doing that, you, you jump from somebody messing up your front yard or your fence, never coming near your house or harming your family to where you go out and pop somebody. Uh, the, 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 the idea that I was using the other day was if somebody walks past my house and kind of like looks at my house kind of sketchy, do I run up and shoot him and kill him? And then when the he cop might do something to your house. Listen, he, he, and, then I, and then the cop shows up and I'm like, the only reason I shot him is because I heard that uh, and I was thinking he might be doing something in the future to my house. So I just want to protect it now. And I jumped the gun. I'm sorry, Mr. Officer, but yeah, I killed him. And I did it because something might happen. Uh, well, I it, saw it in his eyes, the way he was looking at my house, and I just thought he might do something. So let me go take him out before he takes me right. out. That, 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 it's, it's something to that point. And, and, and I just want to say, and we'll continue, but, you know, we do have uh, our, our, our YouTube, one more subscribers, obviously, but we also have our, a Twitter page at two underscore, two, what is it, two underscore old pirates, or two that underscore pirates. I think it's two, two underscore pirates on the Twitter, and I think on our Facebook page it's... Uh, uh, two old pirates, uh, and and you know I welcome people to comment, uh, and uh, or um, you know if you are for the war, if you or if, if or I should say if you thought that you know what we did to this general and Iran uh, was legit and it was something we needed to do, you know I think when people hear you and I, Eric, here talking, I think they know uh, these guys aren't so much for Trump, and uh, you know he's the president of the United States, right? So whether I voted for him or not, I want this man to succeed because, as I said, this we is my country. We want the best for America. But we also uh, welcome anybody that, uh, uh, you know, that thinks that what we talk about in this case with this general, if you think that, no, it was, and, and you know, you're hearing the, uh, what we're saying here on the podcast, and you disagree, you're more than welcome to, you know, comment, or you're even more than welcome to get a hold of us. And, and on our next podcast, you know, we can, you know, give you a call. We do do mobile uh, podcast now and we can bring you in and, and we because we want to hear the other side too it's just one side of facts that are given or, or our opinions and we welcome other opinions if, if, if you feel the same way we do we want to hear your comments if you are against it and you don't think no this is not right this is let me get in there and let me let me tell the other side of the story we welcome anybody to come in because so we're going to stay in the middle we're going to treat everybody fair but we want to hear all sides because what you and I hear at least what I hear and what I've read you know, from different outlets, you know, I, I go to different news outlets, I read different, different uh, posts or whatever the case may be, different uh, re, uh, news outlets. I have not, or that's, that I can, you know, justify, it was good to go out and do, I still don't agree with what we did. And that's why we want to welcome other people in, because maybe there is another side, obviously there is, and maybe somebody can shed light on something that we're not. So we welcome anybody to come on in, uh, if you if you agree with what we're saying or you disagree, come on in. Let's talk about it. Let's debate this. Uh, and the last thing that we'd like to add is that we're going to go ahead and be splitting our podcasts to where uh, like major subjects like this that we're talking about, this will be um, your your basics. So if you l look us up on uh, on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter and you see something like. Um, Something about religion or something about war or something about, you know, uh, deep, meaningful topics that we want to also know how you feel as Americans. That's going to be one side. The other side is we're going to be doing short 
uh, sports programs, uh, uh, podcast, excuse me, where we're going to be talking about things that are going on in the NFL, the NBA, and we'll even cover some high school sports for the local high school kids and stuff. And if your forte, if your favorite thing is sports, uh, we're going to have um, it on Facebook, and on our Facebook page, and we'll go live, which means that you'll be able to type in comments at the bottom. And while we're talking live about whatever subject it is, you can literally be corresponding with us at that moment. And we can call you out by name and sit there and say, hey, uh, so-and-so just logged in and they've just asked us a question about the Minnesota Vikings. So they asked us a question about hockey or something and we'll try to answer it to the best of our ability. Um, and then if, you, if sports is not your thing, you don't wanna hear about that stuff, we will still be doing a regular podcast like this about everyday life and things that, uh, are important to myself and Gabriel and our families and, and to our community. And uh, you, you'll have a choice, basically. You get the best of both worlds. You get us with our favorite thing, sports, uh, or you can get us with other topics that would be in the news or something. So either way, you're gonna we're gonna expand this. We're gonna branch out. I'm gonna look into different ways that maybe we can get uh, video. And if you wanna see us, because uh, we're both handsome as hell, I'm telling you, you're just gonna fall in love with us. Uh, if you want to see us, I'm going to look into seeing if we can possibly get cameras and we'll record it that way. We'll be able to do the podcast and see us talk like big time guys, like on ESPN and stuff. And uh, some of you are probably going to fall in love with us, but you know, we're, I'm taking Gabriel single. He's out there looking. He's got, you know, he's got his, his line out there, but I've been taken by the same girl for. Uh, going on 26 years. years and again like i said you know we, we do want to hear from people we we talk about these things right eric because you know we, we want to get the facts out there and and then we also give out our opinion but we also want to hear from other people we just don't want to sit up do these podcasts and have two people just be telling and talking about what we think and and what we feel we want to st- start up a debate we want to hear from people we want to hear if you agree with us we want to hear why you agree with us and we want to hear your comments or what you've got to say and if you disagree with what we're saying we also want to hear one of the things i've learned in life is i learn a lot from other people it's not just me sitting up here and talking and talking oh, and having other people. i like to listen to other people and and for me and eric you know we may agree or disagree but you know, we are going to give other people the time to talk and get their point across because what we want to do on this podcast at Two Old Pirates is just straight down the middle. You know, you uh, call in through mobile or you comment, but especially if you do the mobile, you know, we're not going to, you know, cut you off. We want to hear what you have to say, and then we can sit back and maybe we miss something, but it's just we're going to have difference of opinion. We're not, we're, we're not all going to agree. We've got to agree to disagree. You know, you're not going to see my point of view. I'm not going to see your point of view. But we can respect each other's point of view. And I think when we started this podcast, that's what we wanted. Whether we're talking sports or we're talking, you know, current events, everybody sees it differently, and that's okay. The main thing is is to get it out there, you know, get the facts out there, get our opinions out there, and and be able to respect each other's uh, opinions. And and, and that's what I think we, we when we first started this podcast, that's what we wanted. So... Um, hopefully you'll hear these podcasts and as you're hearing them and you and you comment if there's uh, if you've gone through something or you know of something that we don't and you want to talk about something put it on the comments let us know you know this would be a good subject to talk about you know Eric and I will get together you know we'll we'll do some research on it if we don't know what's going on and then we'll set it up and 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 we'll talk about it on one of the podcasts but again it's just about talking about current events things that are happening in this world 
and 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 debating it. And the same thing with sports, getting out there, what's going on in the NBA, the NFL, college football, college basketball, um, uh, MLB, the uh, baseball, and of course some high school sports. And it, it just kind of goes the same way, just kind of getting together and just debating what's going on. Go from there. Well, I hope that everybody enjoyed this. It might have been a little bit of a downer. And or it might have actually got you pissed off and got your blood pressure up because you're like, gosh, dang it, this is what I think and stuff. And whatever it may be, uh, we're all Americans at the end of the day and we should uh, care about one another. We don't have to necessarily agree and get along just like a family would, but we're in it together. And we only want to see the best for America. And it's not whether you're right or I'm wrong. It's, uh, it's if we're healthy, safe, sound, and we have a clear vision for the future of uh, prosperity and peace and understanding for each other. And let me just say this, Eric, we're Americans, but we're all human beings first, right? Right. And so lives matter, and, and that, that's the main thing. And so whether we agree or disagree with whatever, we all have our, our different points of view, but we can. one thing we can do or we've got to learn how to do is respect each other's views, whether we agree or disagree. And that's kind of the main thing that we want to do with this podcast. Well, signing off for podcast number nine, this is your main man, Eric, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, just say this has been an amazing ride. We've only been doing it since October. We're into a new year, uh, and we hope to keep this thing rolling and get it bigger and better. And you never know, within the next couple months, if not by summer, this might be a video playing on YouTube, and it's not going to just be an audio. So financing, uh, doing different things uh, to try to set up uh, to have cameras and stuff, have a little studio maybe. You never know. We're going to go. We're reaching for the sky right now. We're just two regular guys, but we're smart enough, and we care enough about people that uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do and help as many people as possible. And uh, we'll see you next time on the uh, Two Old Pirates podcast.